I've got uh, incredible childhood memories of growing up um, and visiting my grandparents in a little town called Swellendam in South Africa. And the thing that particularly stick, sticks out for me is um, my grandfather used to always stand in front of his photographs that was in the hallway leading up to the sitting room. Um, but what you have to know is that my mum is one of nine children. Um, so when you add the spouses and you add the grandchildren, there's quickly 40 to 50 photographs hanging throughout this hallway. And I can remember standing next to him from time to time and kind of, you know, every time there's, there's somebody new and um, grabbing his hand and saying, so who's this? And seeing there's another cousin coming up competition, you know, it's like more people, there's already 50. I mean, you know, how are we going to share this time? And it kind of reminded me of Hebrews 11 that we've been studying the last couple of weeks. Um, and that particular person that stood out for me was like, I took that moment of almost like Wayne this morning of, wow, you know, what is Samson doing up there? I mean, let's be honest, right? I mean, Samson uh, is one of these people that he's very well known in Christian circles, but also in non-Christian circles for all the wrong reasons. Uh, when you talk about Samson, you think about Delilah first and foremost and how he fell at the hands of Delilah. And so I think what we want to do this morning is to really look at his life um, and look at Samson and I think what you will recognize at the end of this is that he's not very familiar only in the Christian circles. I think it speaks a lot about the stories of our lives. Um, and that's why it's such a familiar story. So if you can open your Bibles to me to the book of Hebrews. We're going to go back to Hebrews and we'll start off at verse 32 through to 34. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to talk about Gideon Barak, Samson, Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies." Now, there are four chapters in the Bible dedicated to Samson's life, so um, you're in for two hours, um, but I thought we'll do it slightly different. Um, I'm going to just take you through the first uh, three chapters. I'm going to give you a little bit of a backstory. We're going to gossip a little bit about Samson. Right? So I'm going to give you a little bit of peace. I'm going to use some poetic freedom, but I would encourage you to go and read um, the whole four chapters um, after the sermon. You can check if there were some fallacies in there or not. Um, and then what we're going to do is we're going to talk through three particular lenses. We're going to talk through Samson's life through three lenses. The first one is set aside, sidestepping, God steps in. So that's the spoiler alert. That's the sermon right there. Um, so if you want to doze off, feel free to do so. But you will see that um, what we're going to do is the first part, I'm just going to tell the story and then we're going to pick it up together um, in the last part of the book of chapter 16. So the story of Samson started with the angel of the Lord appearing to his mum. And she was barren. She couldn't have children. She was childless. 
And the angel of the Lord said to her, you're going to have a son. And he was meant to be set aside. He was going to be a Nazarite, which means that he had to live according to a certain set of rules. Um, there was very specific instructions that was being given to him. And the interesting thing is that his dad inter inter intervenes here and learns this from the mother. And so he came around and said, and he prays to God and said, look, I think the angel needs to come back and tell this story to me as well. I need to understand how I need to bring up this son of mine. And you see from the outset a real understanding and earnest in, his, in the heart of this father to bring up Samson in the ways of the Lord because there was a purpose to his life. And he was meant to come and, be a, and lead the people of Israel in deliverance of the Philistines. And so you see this story starting off well. There were strict rules to live by. His mom couldn't uh, use alcohol. She couldn't um, even eat grapes. Um, and Samson, of course, as we all know, was not allowed to cut his hair. Then what we saw is, is, that, is that Samson grows up and we start to see that he makes bad choices in his life. And the first thing that happened is that he saw this Philistine woman in Timnah and he said to his parents, look, bring her to me. And you could see at this stage that his parents was a little bit concerned. They weren't sure about whether this was a good idea or not. And they challenged him and said, look, are you not sure there's somebody in the Israelite community that you can marry rather than the Philistines? And Samson insisted and his parents was obedient. And so he went down to go and see his wife-to-be. And this is the time when the Spirit of the Lord started to stir him. And so we see that um, uh, a lion attacks Sa um, Samson and he kills this lion. It says, the power of the Lord came upon Samson and he kills the lion with his bare hands and he moves on towards to going to see this, this woman in, in Timnah. And a while later, he go back to go and marry her. And on the way, as they walk back to this town, he saw that inside the carcass of the lion, there was bees who's made honey. He takes from the honey, eats it, shared with his parents. And he thought it was a really good and smart idea to start with a little bit of a riddle here, go down to the wedding and speak to 30 of the men that stood there and say to them, listen, um, if you can solve this riddle, then I will give you 30 sets of clothes. Uh, so he was a trader as well at heart. You could just see that. But um, also to some extent, you can just see that he was a man's man, right? The men was like, okay, well, let's, let's hear this thing. And, um, and, and they were on, right? So now the story begins. And um, these men couldn't figure it out. And so they started to intimidate Samson's wife-to-be. And they threatened her with death if they don't tell her what was the consequences or what was this riddle. And so, of course, she caves in, tells the story, and Samson gets furious, and we start seeing the escalation of his engagement with the Philistines. So he went and killed 30 Philistine men. He brought their clothes to these people. And then what we see is, is that He's so furious that he goes back home, doesn't go to his wife. And then his father-in-law decided it's a very good idea to give away his wife to somebody else. And a couple of months later, 
Samson is now, I think he's now cooled down. He must have had a bit of a temper. And um, he's about to come back to the house of his, uh, of, of his wife, only to find that she's been given away. And he's so furious that he went away. I mean, this is a great idea. Don't try this at home. But he went and he caught 300 foxes and he tied them in pairs of two together with a torch in between and set them into the fields and he destroyed the vineyards, the olive groves and all the wheat. And now you've got the Philistines really, really angry. Right? So, Philist so the Philistines is now looking for Samson. You can just imagine on every single doorpost, there's a picture of Samson. Right? And he went into a cave, and we see that 3,000 men of Israel come to him and say to him, look, d d where did you miss this picture that they are ruling over us, not the other way around? And um, they, they take Samson, uh, they bound up his arms, and they take him to the Philistines. And as the Philistines approached him, he tore off the ropes, grabbed the jaw of the donkey, and he killed a thousand men. So there's an escalation process here. This thing just gets worse and worse and worse. What's important in all of these events is that the Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson in power. So we all look at Samson as the strong man, but actually the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. We also know that Samson was living in sin. And woman was clearly the area of weakness in his particular life. And so he went down to Gaza and he spent the night with a prostitute. In the middle of the night, um, the Philistines now learn about this. And they wait for him um, for the morning to come out and they're going to cap capture him. But in the middle of the night, he escapes he breaks open the doorposts of the, uh, um, what do you call it, of the, of the walls, right? And even, even with the posts in place, put it onto his shoulder and walk up the mountain and left it over there. I mean, what that means, no one knows, right? But it was just a little bit of midnight exercise for, for, for Samson. And what we see then is that finally in, in comes Delilah. She introduces herself to Samson, and uh, Samson falls in love with her, but Delilah has a secret ambition. The rulers of the Philistines come to her and offer her money. In fact, I think they offered her more money um, than what Judas was offered to betray Jesus. Um, and so she started to want to understand the secret of Samson's strength and as you all know, eventually he caved, he gave in, he tells her the story, his hair was cut, and unfortunately the Spirit of God left him. And what we saw is this ended up with his eyes being gouged out. He ends up in prison and he's busy grinding grain for the Philistines. So not quite where Samson was meant to be, if you ask me. It started off well, went completely pear-shaped, and he finds himself in a situation with a tragic end. And it reminded me a little bit of, this is not such a new story to us, right? In the book of Genesis, and 
the learned will tell you that most theology originates in the book of Genesis. And we saw in the book of Genesis that um, Adam and Eve find themselves in the Garden of Eden. And the last verse of the last book of the, of, of the book of Genesis, 52 verse 26, I think, it says, and Joseph was placed in a coffin in Egypt. It started with life ended in Egypt, in a foreign country, in slavery, in a coffin with death. And the book of Exodus starts, and the Passover lamb comes, and the story doesn't end. And I think that's also something we see in Samson's life. So that's the backstory. So if we now then look at um, what that means, what's the lessons we can take from this, I'll start with set aside. And the very first thing is, we are meant to be different. And so uh, 1 Peter 2 verse 9 says that we are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now I don't know about you, but if you've got a special possession, you're going to be fiercely protective of it. And so I think the comfort we can take is that we are set apart. We are meant to be different. But for me, the emphasis is on we are God's special possession. There's someone, somebody who really has our interests at heart. And then I really like this next one, which is that God specializes in choosing the unlikely cost. So don't take appearances too seriously. I can tell you that among those people sitting here today is some of God's best kept secrets. And I want to encourage you that you don't disqualify yourself when God doesn't. Because he really does use a strange cast of, of characters and people. Um, just go and ask Jesse and Samuel. Right? So Samuel went out. Now remember Samuel was one of these great prophets of the time. And at a very young age, he first heard the word of God, even when Eli, the old prophet, didn't, um, and, or the priest, rather. And so we see that Samuel goes down on the word of God to go and anoint a new king. And he goes to Jesse, and he starts, and he looks at men the way that we look at people, which is the outer appearances. And one by one, the seven sons come through and God says, this is not this one, this is not this one. Hey, listen, Samuel, have you even figured it out by now that God does not look at men the way that, or at, at people the way that, that men look at? God looks at the heart and he chooses David. We see it with the fishermen, um, the tax collectors, Matthew. And uh, there's a little story that I'll tell you about myself as well. Um, I started my career 25 years ago at Unilever and um, in Durban in South Africa and my very first job was at a factory a production planning was based I see you, you, you love Anna um, there was a plant uh, made in wolf we made soap, we made oil and I remember in the morning I would used to drive through um, 
to the plant. And I was about there for a month, and I was very much still on a high, just coming through this graduate recruitment program, being chosen to come and work for a company like this from a small town in the backwaters of the Western Cape. And, uh, I was walk and I was driving, and I was like, Lord, thank you that I've got this incredible opportunity. And there was a train passing through, and I had to circumvent, drive past the port. And as I drive past the port, there's this Taiwanese ship that has just docked from a 60-day journey. And these hardened seamen got off the ship, and I just look at these people, almost like in vain, and God just drops in my heart. He says, careful. Your company recruits at the best universities that they can afford. And I went and I chose my followers at the docks, fishermen. And that thing has always stuck with me. Don't take appearances too seriously. You might be surprised who is God, whose God is able to use. So we all set aside. Let's not forget that. But then life starts, right? And we start sidestepping God's purposes. We find ways to, to help him um, because we know better. Um, and so what we see is, is that we all drift and have the ability to sidestep the purposes of God. If you really think about it, Samson was the original superhero. I mean, even today, you go to companies... They do their conferences and everybody wants to be a superhero. What's your superpower? I mean, grown men do this stuff, right? And here was Samson. I mean, he was a man's man. Um, but dare I say that he forgot he was God's man. And Samson's choices soon makes him fit in rather than stand out. Samson was entangled in sin. Um, we, we saw that with the women, the prostitutes, the choices he made, the battles he fought that he wasn't meant to fought. And yet, it can look like success to the world. And you see this escalation of 30, 300, 1,000, almost sounds like somebody's being off auctioning, right? 30, 300, 1,000. And life just gets more and more and more. And we get, we get it wrong and... What's interesting is that we've been surveying Hebrews 11, but if you go one step forward to Hebrews 12 verse 1, it says, therefore, now English is not my first language, but what I do know is whenever you see the word therefore, something has happened before. And so if we look at Hebrews 11 and we look at all of these heroes of the faith and Samson, Great cloud of witnesses, but let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. Did you know that the word Delilah means small, petite, delicate? It doesn't have to be the big things that distract you in life. It's sometimes the small things. The small, delicate things that becomes the Delilahs of our lives. Isaiah 40 is one of my favorite passages in the Bible. Um, I can remember the varsity. We used to sing a song about this, and that's how I often remember Scripture. A little uh, note for free to those of you who struggle to remember Scripture. Listen to the songs. 
but listen to biblical songs. And um, it says that young men stumble and fall. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary. Young men stumble and fall. One of the Afrikaans translations actually says it better for me. It says, young men in their prime stumbles and fall. Um, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on the wings of eagles. They will run, not grow weary. They will walk and not grow faint. So I think that summarizes for me the, the first two parts really about you can see that we're all chosen. We've all been called to be separate lives, but life happens. We have a way of detouring. We have a way of uh, sidestepping God's purposes, um, but thankfully God steps in. And so if we, if we together now look at the book of Judges, we'll pick up the story from Judges chapter 16, verse 23. Now the rulers of the Philistines assembled to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon, their God, with a small, with a small capital, and to celebrate, saying, Our God has delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hands. Now, if you've got a Bible with you, just write in there, premature victory. When the people saw him, they praised their God, saying, Our God has delivered our enemy into our hands. The one who laid waste our land, remember how he burned the lands, he laid it waste, and multiplied our slain, 30, 300, 1,000. While they were high in spirits, this is a big party now. I mean, this is, this is a big thing. They shouted, bring out Samson to entertain us. So they called Samson out of the prison and he performed for them. <laughs> I wonder what he did. When they stood among the pillars, Samson said to the servant who held his hand, put me where I can feel the pillars that support the temple so that I may lean against them. Now the temple was crowded with men and women, all the rulers. I mean, think about this, right? All the rulers of the Philistines were there. And on the roof were about 3,000 men and women watching Samson perform. Then Samson prayed to the Lord, Sovereign Lord, remember me. Please God, strengthen me just once more. And let me with one blow get revenge for the Philistines for my two eyes. Then Samson reached towards the two central pillars of which the temple stood, bracing himself against them, his right hand on the one, his left hand on the other. Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. He pushed with all his might, and down came the temple and the rulers of all the people in it. Thus he killed many more people when he died than when he lived. So a couple of things from this situation that God steps in and saves the day is 
all the rulers. The Philistines ruled over God's people. Just as sometimes we can have in our own life things that rules over us. I don't know what it is that is important and rule you or entangles you. As Hebrews 12 would speak about the sin that so easily entangles. But this I do know. Is that the God who hung on the cross overcame all the rulers and principalities. There's nothing that can separate us from God. We were not meant to perform or even entertain the world. We can live very distracted lives. Um, and again, Hebrews 12 um, cautions us against that. Samson was meant to be set aside, not to entertain the world. Strengthen me. He cries out, strengthen me. We are not as strong as we think we are. It took the hand of God Almighty to part the waters and the sea. Just the hand of God. And he took one lie in the Garden of Eden to separate us and God. We're not as strong as we think we are. Samson is no longer the same man who played around with his giftings. When he was with Delilah, three or four times he tried to trick her into telling her what his strength was. He was no longer the same man. He was now a man that fully relied on God. Samson messed up. I think that's familiar to all of our lives. I hope. Certainly is of mine. But when Samson called out, God steps in and with redemption and restoration, we see that Samson makes an appearance in Hebrews 11. Because he knew that even though he deserved death, let me die with them. Like the man on the cross who recognized that he was sinful all his life. He needed to die. And Jesus said to him, today you will be with me in paradise. And Samson found himself in that place. I will close with this. Samson was called... You and I am called. He took his eye off the prize. He sidestepped. He drifted. He meandered. But when he called to God in his weakness, God's arms was not too short to reach out, rescue him, restore him. And Samson too can sing, I once was blind, but now I see. Amazing grace. Men and women of faith, feet of clay, whose weakness was turned to strength. Amen.